Hello, I'm Sinead. And I'm Brian. Each week we introduce each other to a film that we love. If the other's not equally enamoured, it could mean the end of our 22-year relationship. Warning, there will be spoilers, swearing and undoubtedly arguments. This is Reasons to Dump You. Aha, we return. We have. Like the proverbial bad penny, we're back again. Like the proverbial bad smell. You know that when you're in the bathroom, you go... What is that? What What's that smell? Can I be honest? No, what? no, I'm not a bad smell. A bad penny may be. A little bit dangerous. Oh, a little, little bit woo, a little bit wee. But, but a bad, you might be leaving bad smells in the bathroom, I'm not. Okay, I like the fact that you've been watching a little bit too much Cobra Kai <laughs> and you now think you're a little bit dangerous. I'm telling you, we should all be fearful of the global domination of Terry Silver and Cobra Guy. This oh. man has gone oh my God. off base. All right, Crease, <laughs> you're losing the point of the podcast here, right? It's your turn this week, Brian. It is Are we going to watch The Karate Kid? No, oh. it is my turn. Everyone's right now jumping up and down, shouting, going, thank God we got through last week, okay? <laughs> Let's get on with Brian's choice. Brilliant. Okay, well, come on then. Give me some clues as to what you're bringing to the table this week. Okay, let's bring you a set of clues for what I bring to the table this week. My cousin Vinny. (laughs) Damn it. No, it's not. Does it have Ralph Macchio? That's all I need to know. (sighs) It's going to be a long podcast. Are you ready? I'm going to behave, yeah. Please do. You're giddy. I've got my my good person hat on. (laughs) Your good girl hat on. (laughs) Okay, cool. Clue one. Released in September 2020, this film went on to make 116 million at the box office despite an extremely limited release. Because of COVID. Uh Uh-huh. Do you like how up to date I am with 2020? Yeah, okay, I've got a film in my head. Okay, fine. You're going to spoil it already? That's fine. Written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, this film was originally due to be released by Paramount who sold the distribution rights to Netflix and came on to Netflix in October of 2020. Okay, it's not the film I was thinking of. Final clue. Final clue, clue three. And this one should give it away. This film got six nominations at the 93rd Academy Awards, including Best Supporting Actor for Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, is it? Go on. The Trial of the Chicago 7. It is The uh-huh. Trial of the Chicago 7. Look at that. My brain is on fire. I know. Your brain is on fire. That was amazing. I know, right? I know. I can't believe we got her in the studio. My heart just skipped a beat. So, one beat, two beat, my heart beats. Name the film, everyone. <laughs> so, let's go and watch The Trial of the Chicago 7. Yes, yeah, let's do it. And um, we will come back. I didn't realise you were going to get so modern and serious on me I today. I know, right? I know. I know. I've, honestly, I thought of a film. I thought, oh, we'll do that one. I looked at it. It was released in 1995. I thought, <laughs> for fuck's sake, Brian, grow up, get modern, get political. Let's do it. These are tough times. People need to know there's good out there. This is getting done. Okay. Let's go watch Trial of Chicago 7 then. Nice. See you soon. 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 Even. Yeah. All right, whatever. See you in a bit. Objection. 
Aha! You've brought us to the courtroom. I have brought you to the courtroom. Quick question. Yes, far away. Was your um, choice this week influenced by the fact that you have smashed 100 episodes of Judge Judy Justice? (laughs) Maybe. No, no, not at all. You want a little bit more uh, legality, a little bit more court court action? No, no. I, I think the reason that I've picked this film this week I get this overriding feeling of we're kind of revisiting the 70s, you know, in this country. We're, we're kind of... The current climate, you yeah. mean. You don't mean us personally. Oh, no, 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 no. Because no. <laughs> I'll be honest, you know, I was born barely in the 70s. I know, so, I know, yeah, I know. Just to clarify. But, you know, you just get this vibe that we're kind of currently sliding into nothing <laughs> but financial ruin. <laughs> blackouts. Um, blackouts. Um, would you call it strikes everywhere? Yeah. Uh, general disharmony, mm-hmm. um, blaming other cultures for everything that's going wrong, and bordering on war. And America has simultaneously decided to go back to the fifties, <laughs> where you know it's Republican-driven. Everybody thinks that the world is perfect, and all these hippies, or as we call them, Democrats, um, are going to ruin everything. This perfect white society that they've created and I find it all a bit scary and I thought this is an amazing reflection of modern life I mean it's a modern film so it's going to do that to a certain extent yeah but the but, parallels that can be drawn I yeah think, the parallels of history and now yeah you know are massive well even after watching this and doing a little bit of quick research to get some facts together for you because I know you love a few facts I do um yeah, yeah. Aaron Sorkin was saying, you know, because this was in sort of not in production. This was in the development for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was saying, you know, the longer it went on, the more relevant it became. Yeah. And I think it kind of, yeah, it came out around the right time for it to be even more relevant to where we are now. It's, so it's scary. we're all going to hell in a handcart. So yeah, yeah why not? Why not? Let's see what happened before and yeah. the fact that we've not learned from it. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. Why not? If we're all going to go to hell in a handbasket, why not at least make sure it's one lined with a Netflix subscription? I tell you what, Brian, this is this is a taking a dark turn. This episode, I know. We're normally, you know, oh. kicking back in the nineties. I know, with a little bit of action or comedy. Well, maybe now people understand why I stay there. Yeah, I've brought you forward to modern day. I'm going to ruin yours, <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about this. No, it's a brilliant film. Don't get bleak, everybody. This is a fantastic film. It has got a lot of correlations to modern day, but it is a great film and it's well worth a watch. I agree with you. I really enjoyed it. But I want you to explain to me why, after you have given me a synopsis of the Ah, story. So, the synopsis of this film, uh, I went to all my usual haunts for the synopsis of this film and it would appear my top... The encyclopedia? I did. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, no, I went to McDonald's, <laughs> I went to the pub, I went, I mean, I went to the Bull, I went to Pratt's and Payne, I went to all my usual haunts. And you didn't... And nothing. And no, nobody no there one, could yeah. give you... <laughs> yeah, I walked over to the Alpha Rose. No, no barfly could give you the synopsis no of the trial of the no Chicago one. 7. And then you someone said, me. there's a guy in the Holland Tringham knows it. <laughs> I said, no, no, I draw the line. I draw the line. So I came home and Googled it. Okay. No, I went to my usual haunts, I went... You know, IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes basically have the same thing. But so two words. Synopsis. Yeah, so okay. I'm going to read it. Right. This one's from Rotten Tomatoes. In 1969, seven people were charged by the federal government with conspiracy and more 
arising from the protests at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. There you go. Is that it? That is it. I believe IMDb added this story is about at the front. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's effectively exactly the same. Okay. I mean, that's not going to... No, it's Get not going to make you watch running it. Running through the doors to no. watch it, is it? I'm sure um, the marketing team mm. at Netflix, well, actually, it's a subscription, so they don't really give a shit, I suppose, do they? But when Paramount were making it, it had a better logline than that. Yeah, no, that's a little bit dry, I think. I don't think that's going to make anybody feel. No. But Warm you know, this fuzzy is. Inside. This is. This is a beautiful courtroom. This is a great. Drama. This is very entertaining. Film. And Sorkin, you can tell, has like theatrical roots. Yeah. Because as a stage play, yeah, yeah, this yeah. would be phenomenal. Yeah, it would absolutely... This would be phenomenal. Absolutely smash it out of the park. Um, but anyway, let me start with the reasons I love this film, and then you can tell me if you agree uh, slash disagree. It's all about you, Brian, so let's this week is, not change the habit of a lifetime. Well, you know, if McBusted were here, they'd think <laughs> it. So first of all, the, one of the main things I love about this, one of the best uses I've seen of archival footage in a film. Mm. I mean, and I'm not talking about a documentary, but like in an actual film, Mm -hmm. the way they use the archival footage, it's amazing. Mm. They basically start with loads of clips of like footage of the Vietnam War, things that are going on at the time, um, demonstrations. You've got Nixon in some of the stuff. You've got, I can't remember the name of the... president beforehand um johnson they, yeah there's this general feeling i think it was johnson there's this general feeling of confusion yeah of frustration i mean the fact that they had their um what do you call it when, draft. Uh, their draft for the armed forces what appeared to be on television yeah, like the lottery. Yeah. It was like the lottery. And they were like, and the date they is. Were, they were pulling out pulling out birth dates yeah. from like a little rotating yeah. machine that you'd have lottery numbers in yep. and say, and reading out, ah, oh, the 25th of April and yeah. then putting up on the board. 1963 So if your birthday whatever, got called, you, you were drafted into the Vietnam War. Yep. That's terrifying. Yep. Imagine imagine if you were sitting down with your pizza and your yeah. beer or glass of wine on a, on a Saturday night. I know. Flicked on the telly and then all of a sudden your birthday came up. Imagine you're at uni. You head home, you see. But I don't know if that included people at university. I got—I pretty much guarantee you it didn't. I bet I you it was know. just a poor fucker that's got a shitty job Monday to Friday yeah. that suddenly goes home, goes, God, I've been working, I don't know, milking cows, whatever he's been bloody doing <laughs> milking all day. Milking cows? Because yeah, Midwest. Big, big job, big job, the well, old cow milking. I wouldn't want to do it, would you? I'd give the old udders a tug. Oh, okay. Good for you. <laughs> That's what people do. There's something you wish you had cows. said out loud on the air. Listen, I'm sure I could do it if I tried. My I'm mum, sure my you mum could. said it's difficult. So tugging udders. <laughs> she's she's milked a cow. She said it's not easy to do. So I'll take her word for but it. But she's only got a bull. <sighs> yeah. Name the film, people. Right. So that that's the first thing. The use of archival footage. Yes, I want to back you up on that because for once in okay. my life, for once okay. in my life. Okay. Um. The start of this film is brilliantly done because, let's face it, yeah. 
who knows anything about the trial of the Chicago 7 going into this film? Yeah, who knew true. anything about Chicago riot, riots in 1968 true, true. at the Democratic Party convention? True. It doesn't even sound like something you really want to <laughs> learn about, does it? But the beginning of this film basically sets the scene and gives you everything that you need to know in order to understand what the hell is happening. Totally, and in like four minutes. Exactly. It's absolutely brilliantly, brilliantly put together. Yeah. You know, because one of the things, when you're going into a film that is a dramatisation of real events, yeah. it can be quite confusing, and particularly when there's politics involved, certainly for me anyway, I, I can feel quite stupid yeah because i'm kind of trying to keep up trying to understand what's going on and it's america as well so it's not even you know you might have a little bit more of a grasp of your own country's politics but then you know you don't fully understand the american system so kudos mr sorkin you did an absolutely bang up job at the beginning of this film not making me feel like an idiot there you go and that's the aim of any film (laughs) i know absolutely i think that's actually part of the initial development meetings they yes. just have a picture of you on the wall yes. and say, what do we have to do Will to she, make this lady understand? <laughs> Will she understand? That's yeah. what we'll go with. So, yeah, Vietnam War, people protesting it, yeah. people getting called up to the draft. And there is a Democratic uh, Party convention in Chicago that people are going to go and peacefully protest at. Okay. What else did oh. you love, Brian? What else? I just said I liked archive footage. <laughs> um I also, from this film, I love the fact that it shines a light on the need for peaceful protest. To, you have to give people a voice. Yeah, yeah. In a modern de- democratic society, it is absolutely vital not only for people to have a voice, but for the government to exercise being brave enough to allow, allow people to have it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So peaceful protest gives people a chance to feel like they're being listened to. And if you don't give them the opportunity to do it peacefully and you don't give them a voice so they can be heard, then they will keep doing more and more outrageous things Mm -hmm. until they can force the hand of the powers that be Mm -hmm. to make sure they are heard. And no one ever seems to fucking learn. And they just keep putting people down, ostracising groups, not giving them a seat at the table, not giving them a voice, sitting around in their spoilt, bigoted, well, we've always done it this way, we've always been in charge way, and then wondering why it keeps going wrong every fucking 20 to 50 years or so, and everyone decides to go to war, and everyone decides to become, like, you know, bigoted and and anti against each other, and wanting to vote out of Europe, and (laughs) all these things, because... They're not being given a voice and they're frustrated and they will do more and more elaborate things that end up getting people hurt, end up promoting sort of strange separatist and and tyrannical groups, all for the want of trying to keep things quiet and try and keep things the same, which they can never be. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's trying to suppress people who are just wanting... To be yeah. heard and and are just wanting to protest about what they believe is right. Yeah. And I think the other th- and that that essentially is what this film is about. And I think also what this film shows yeah. is the way that the media will manipulate and skew things and also pit people against each other. Because yeah. I think it's near the near the beginning, maybe it's even in that archive footage, I think, um, where somebody says, um, 
these revolutionaries, so yeah. these people that are protesting the war, are hell-bent on the destruction of American society. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, talk about, you know, painting certain people in to be a certain yeah. certain way totally. and 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 pitting the common garden man you know the the patriotic american against his fellow american yeah. it's disgusting and it, it well, it's exactly what we did here with brexit exactly yeah, what yeah, we did here exactly, with brexit exactly. you know if you, if you leave the eu then you'll have hundreds of billions of pounds of cash yeah. for your hospitals and everything well that's panned yeah, out well yeah, we all remember the bus brian we all mm. remember the bus yeah but that's panned out well in it because you know the old hospitals and the people in the nhs are really getting a nice life of it at the moment the poor buggers so that's not panned out but you know, they also do it with other groups still, your Extinction Rebellions mm. and similar groups like that. Mm. You know, the press don't ever say, well, you know, we should look at the long term goals of this. We should be grateful that this is a peaceful, joyous protest. Yeah. No, or he glued himself to the floor and stopped the traffic. Yeah. And then I hear idiots at workplaces and so forth going, took me 45 minutes to get to work. What are they achieving? They're stopping an ambulance. No, they're not. <laughs> don't kid yourself. They're stopping an ambulance. They're not. These people are not there to make sure old people die alone. They're there to try and make a change for the future. Anyway, I don't want to get on a soapbox about that. Back to Chicago, so please. So I'm going to go back to the Chicago 7. I think this film is a fantastic way of showing how art can shine a light on life. Oh. I know. And with that, I should <laughs> add the word discuss and leave. Another no, but, thesis from I know. Uh, but it Brian. really can. Like, it's used a really artistic mean to shine a light on the problems with American society, society yeah. in general, certainly war. Um, and more importantly, the fucking justice system yeah. and how it can be perverted and twisted. Really, really disturbing. Yeah. So, yeah, two things. So after we'd watched this and I did a little bit of research to gather some facts that I'll nice. share with you later. Nice. Wink. Wink. Um... Aaron Sorkin, this film is in development for a long time. Yes. And, you know, even he has sort of said in different interviews how relevant it became as the years sort of progressed and we got into Trump, yeah, yeah. Trump administration yeah. and um, the police violence, etc. Um, and it really, I think, came to 2020, this film was released, wasn't it? It yes. really came, I think, at the right time to, to really mirror what the hell's going on oh, totally. at the moment. Yeah. And I think I think you're right. I think it does it brilliantly. Yeah, it's, a, it's a absolutely amazing. Um, and that part is in part because of the casting, which I think is exceptional in this film. Unbelievable. I mean, Mark Rylance is, uh, or as always, amazing. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen, oh my God. Yeah, he was great. Great performance. Eddie Redmayne wasn't my favorite favorite character but the performance was good yeah but this is the thing isn't it eddie redmayne's character was never going to be no, anyone's favorite exactly, character but the performance was but great. i think yeah exactly um the third rock from the sun kid <laughs> that's joseph joseph gordon levitt joseph gordon <laughs> for those that prefer levitt, his name yeah um who played the lawyer who, schultz yeah who looked exactly like the lawyer in the simpsons was absolutely amazing. I mean, exactly like yeah. the guy in the Simpsons. Yeah, I'm going to show you a picture. Yeah, actually, we need to do a page to page comparison that. of that because I am not convinced. Oh, he does. He was brilliant though. So he, he was, was the amazing. prosecution lawyer, yeah. Schultz, and he really shows lawyers for what they are in that. What? Oh, a, what my a God. what a great performance though. Yeah, I uh, really, phenomenal. I really thought he smashed it out of the park. But the person who did the best performance of anyone. Okay. Are we going to agree on this? Oh, well, actually, no. To be fair, to be fair, the guy who played the lead Black Panther. 
So Bobby Seal. The guy who played Bobby Seal. He was played by wow. Yaya Abdul Mateen II. Okay. Um, who also was in Us, and he also played Candyman in the recent oh, Candyman wow, okay. remake. Yeah, what he's brilliant. A performance. I love him. Yeah, I mean, like the way he was getting frustrated, and when he eventually went, I don't give a fuck. No, I know. Well, and it was like, whoa! And I, you can totally. The beautiful thing about his performance was you could completely associate yeah. with him. Yeah. Every step of the way, yeah. and you could completely saw. I mean, obviously the writing as well. Through how unfair and unbalanced and and different it was for the different people who were involved in these protests. Yeah, exactly. You know, the and, experience. And, and I mean, why he was, you know, I mean, it's, it's clear yeah. why he was well, he scooped. Said so, yeah. Yeah, it's clear why he was scooped up and chucked yeah, with these to guys. Create but fear, because if you, you put a black man in there, then that will create fear in America. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, he stands up and he says, I was in Chicago for four hours. Yeah. I wasn't. With these people, yeah, you I don't, talk, I don't know burger, these people. Went home, yeah, yeah, and it's just fuck me. Yeah, it's absolutely. absolutely terrifying. But the person who gave the stellar performance, the best performance, the overall performance—I don't know if we're going to agree on this. I'm wondering who you're going to say. The man who played the judge, ah, uh, Frank Langella. Wow, I mean that is so well played. He played that as such a belligerent old bigoted yes fucking asshole who took his position this but, whole film is a tale about male fucking pride and mostly white male pride uh, you know this whole like he, he chains a guy up he gags him and he says please let it reflect i gave him a chance i know like he's a fucking animal do you know what i mean and it was like oh it was just insane it was insane Judge Julius um, Kaufman. Yeah. Played by Frank Langella. Yeah. I agree with you. Absolutely brilliant performance because yeah. I have never hated a character so much. Oh, absolutely. Throughout yeah. an entire film. He had no redeeming no, features no, whatsoever. Um, and there were moments where I was thinking, is he, um, does he have some sort of mental health issues. Yeah. You know, I was I was wondering if there was some sort of, you know, illness creeping in yeah. to the way that he was kind of handling the situation. Yeah. Um, how he was not removed from this trial within a matter yeah. of days it's, completely yeah. astounds Unbelievable. me. Unbelievable. The other thing... Um, but he was obviously selected for the trial, wasn't he, by... Well, yeah, by I mean, everything. And this, this is the other thing, you know, that I find sort of terrifying is... You know, in my naivety, I kind of have gone through most of my life thinking that everything is fair and everything yeah. is is set up in a fair and legal and open manner. Yeah. And as I get older and more wizened and, say, bitter. And, and bitter and twisted with life, <laughs> yeah. I begin to realise that that's not the case at all. You know, yeah. juries are loaded, um, you know, yeah. prosecutors twist things. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it's taking, it's taking the childhood joy out of my life and I need it back, Brian. This is too much. But I think this is what this film does really well. I think it, it shows, I mean, the last couple of things, it, it shows the complete insanity of the societal structure we've set up, mm-hmm. even in the West. It's mm. completely fucking insane. It is technically still a few people have everything. Yeah, yeah. And most of us do are put in a position where we are so scared of losing it that we will do anything to keep things the way they are. Yeah. You know, Pe- people it's won't... no different from when you had a king. Don't convince yourself 
that because you live in a modern democracy, it's any different. You, you know, we do have a king no, now. No, but you know, like <laughs> new, a new one. Every country sets up the structure like it would have been under William the yeah, First. You You've yeah. got all the sort of lords and ladies and French people come here and they take everything and they rule it and they keep everyone in such fear that this one little pitiful strip of land you've got, mm. if you step out of line, mm-hmm. we will take that. Mm. And they do the same here. They don't even need prison anymore now. They have debt. Mm. They will get you mm-hmm. so deep up to your ass in debt that you are so scared of stepping out of line. Even if you lose your job, I mean, it's one of the most genius things that capitalism does. And I'm not anti-capitalism. Anyone who knows me knows that. Mm. But it gets now you so deep in debt mm. that even if you lose your job, even if you're brave enough to stand up at work and go, do you know what? I'm worth more than £10 an hour and get the, kicked out the door. You're fucked. Mm. You know, not, not only is your wage gone, so you can't pay your debts, then your credit score plummets. Mm. So it doesn't matter if you pay your debts off when you do get some money back because it's so low you're never going to rebuild it and you're going to have to make sure you toe the line for the rest of your life. And we've set this up and we all walk around, especially the Americans, thinking we're free. It's insanity. Insanity. Are you sure you're not here to just bring me I know, down? this is like a political broadcast. I know, this is it's a part of political broadcast by the Brian Party. <laughs> <laughs> Telling you all we're all screwed. Yeah, by the Brian <laughs> Workers Party Union or whatever it is. But no, it's just, and just the way they... I just think the film is a fantastic reflection of it. I know a final thing I'll say that the film's really good for is the way it demonstrates the power of language. People who are on the internet and use abbreviations and random language. You love those people. I do, but be careful. Language is really fucking powerful. Really powerful. And you have to be careful about just throwing things away. It is... True that the pen is mightier than the sword. The whole film reflects it beautifully with the let's make the streets of Chicago flow with blood. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne's character, and they use it on tape at the end. If, and he goes, our. Yeah. He meant to say, if the blood's going to flow, let it flow. Let our blood flow. All over. If our blood's going to flow, let our blood flow, flow all over Chicago. All over the city, yeah. But he left out the word our. Yeah. So it was, if blood is going to flow, yeah, let, blood let it flow, flow yeah. which sounded like an insight to yeah. violence against the exactly. system and the police, etc. one yeah. word. And it changes the context of everything. Yeah. Okay. And it does the same now, where everybody goes on about, oh, snowflakes and all this. No, 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 no. Just be, what we're asking is just be careful yeah. about what you say, mm. because it does have bigger repercussions than just, it didn't hurt me and I mm. just said it as a bit of fun mm. you know it's not about never saying anything different my god I say things that are probably deemed inappropriate all the time but they're never intentional mm. and you learn and you move on and you don't do it again yeah well I think that's the thing isn't it it's like people are entitled to making a genuine yeah. mistake yeah, but absolutely. it's about learning and moving forward and I agree with you like language is incredibly powerful and incredibly important yeah and yeah that 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 whole crux near the end of the film um, about letting our blood flow. Yeah. Yeah, is, is, it is an incredibly powerful moment. It is. It is. But what I was going to mention yeah. um, that, that kind of terrifies me, which um, picks up on everything that you've been saying, is this idea that these, these men went down to Chicago independently. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, they were part of different groups. You had... Um, Abby and Jerry 
were part of the yippies. Yeah, yeah. Um, you had um, the students. Oh, the SDS. The SDS called, group. Yeah. Uh, you had the Black Panthers. Yeah. Um, you had David Dellinger, who kind of went down there on his own as kind of the yeah, all-American Yeah, but he was an organiser of something, wasn't he? He was an organiser of something, yeah. I think the mobilisation against the war or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But they all go down there to have these peace- peaceful protests against the war in Vietnam. Yeah. And end up because they're seen as the the leaders of these groups yeah. or, or the people that that have kind of brought people there, they get charged with because they've crossed state lines. Yep, they get charged with trying to incite violence and a threat to national security. Yeah, because they have come brought this across state lines and yeah, kind and of it gathered makes it together. a federal charge, and it makes it a federal charge with a maximum penalty of 10 years. Yeah, for thoughts. That is the most terrifying thing I have ever heard. You won't be upset to admit okay. that that for, for some reason, I don't know what, what's happened in you your... You want me to drive to Middlesex? In your mind. And tell them what I think? No. Oh. You have this irrational fear of being put in prison for something. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's irrational. <laughs> no. I would say most people don't want to do no, that. No, no, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's no, like I you've didn't. done nothing, but you're like, oh my God, my biggest fear would be being put in prison. Yeah. Well, imagine imagine if, if people just being given these trumped up charges. I'm not surprised you're frightened of being put in prison, Brian. I mean... Uh, I never, I've never been to Chicago. <laughs> I wasn't Actually, there. that's a I lie. wasn't I there. <laughs> oh my God. No, but do you, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's absolutely incomprehensible to me. And this is what I mean about how the system that I thought was completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, fair and innocent until proven guilty is yeah. actually just this great big manipulated mess of whatever the government wants it to be. It's outrageous. Agreed. And it's controlled by a few. It's and... terrifying. Um, and just what we said earlier about the beginning of this film using yeah. archive footage, um, it interweaves that with this meeting, each of these main characters, each of these seven, actually eight, including Bobby Seal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it brilliantly kind of sets up who they are, what group they're with and what their intentions yeah. are. And I think it's just a very, very cleverly constructed way of telling the story. And I think that is one thing um, that Aaron Sorkin, well, I mean, he's great at many yeah, things, yeah. but um, the the narrative structure of this uh, film yeah. is absolutely brilliant and it it gives me everything that I love, yeah. which, which is the setup and then basically straight to the courtroom, it all unravels from there and then we kind of, as the, the court progresses, as the trial progresses, we get the kind of the flashbacks throughout. I love that structure. Yeah. Tick, mwah, chef's kiss from me. They, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I like that enthusiasm. And on that note, I think we should move on to have a few facts from Sinead in Nerd Alert. Is this my time to shine? Polish my badge. Thank you very much, Brian. So let's cover some facts for the trial of the Chicago 7. As I mentioned earlier, this film spent a lot of time in development. The script was originally written back in 2007 with Spielberg attached to direct and the possibility of having Heath Ledger in the role of Tom, which went to Eddie Redmayne, and Will Smith in the role of Bobby Seale, which went to Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. The reality of this story differs from this dramatisation 
So don't take everything on face value, people, because apparently in real life, David Dellinger never struck a court officer and he was the one that attempted to read out the list of people who had died in Vietnam, not Eddie Redmayne's um, portrayal of Tom. Bobby Seale was bound and gagged in court. In the film, it makes it kind of appear like it only happens on one day. It actually happened um, on October 29th and every day of, day of the trial until November 5th. I found that incredibly disturbing. Um, Fred Hampton's death, which is also referenced in the film and is portrayed as happening the day before Bobby Seale has his outburst and his bound and gag, actually occurred after Bobby's trial had been severed and he had been released. Frank Langella, who played Judge Hoffman, found that the character was completely devoid of positive characteristics and compared it to his role as Skeletor in the 1987 film Masters of the Universe. And finally, Aaron Sorkin researched this to the nth degree, looking at books, the trial manuscript, had a conversation with multiple conversations with Tom Hayden about it. And he came at the approach of the film as a mixture of courtroom drama, the evolution of a riot and to portray the friction between Tom Hayden and Abby Hoffman. Wow. I cannot believe they they had the guy mm-hmm. basically gagged for how long? October 29th. Every yeah. day of the trial until November 5th. Shit, me. I mean, horrific that it happened, period. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, from October just, 29th until November I 5th. I just don't understand. Look, you know, we're all different. We don't necessarily understand each other's cultures, but fuck me, you don't treat people like animals. It's, I, you just it, don't do it. It's completely incomprehensible to me that, in, that, that this happens at any yeah, point. anyway. But... That this happens, you know, in 1969. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's really... It's like yesterday. Mm, exactly, exactly. It's really, really... It's horrific. only six years before I was born. It's it's just insanity. Oh, no. It's insanity. Absolute insanity. Um, a lot of Oscar, a lot of Oscar noms for this battle I know, well. including old uh, Sasha. Yeah. And do you oh. want to know who he lost out to? Because I thought this was quite interesting. Okay. So uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was um, Oscar nominated for his best performance, yeah. uh, for best performance of, as an actor in a supporting role. He actually lost out to Daniel Kaluuya, who in a film which I'd never heard of called Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. And that film is about Fred Hampton's death. Oh, right. So I thought that was quite interesting that there was a little bit of a kind of a crossover there. So that might be a film worth checking out. Yes, it might be. Put that one, put that one on your list, Brian. I will. Talking to Sasha Baron Cohen, mm. I really like... SBC, as I like to call him. I know, but you two have been friends for a long time. <laughs> Me and Sasha, yeah. You and Sash. Me, Sasha and Isla. You all and around the, the dinner man. table. Yes. She's crazy, I tell you. Um... <laughs> Is the stand-up, the use of stand-up in the narrative to tell the story. Interesting. I loved that. I loved it. Why did you love it so much? Because I think it's almost farcical. It's so unbelievable. You can imagine someone telling you the story in that kind of stand-up fashion. You know, he's like, yeah, and you're not going to believe this. And it's like, it's a joke. That sort of thing happening is a joke. Yeah. And to do it in that fashion... It's fucking, it's, it's, if, if he actually did those talks, mm. I know they weren't comedy sessions, but if he did those talks, 
The man was a fucking genius. Yeah, well, he was a genius. And didn't he take his own life, did it say? It said at the end um, he took his own life, yeah. I think in 89, I think it said. I want to read Steal This Book. I have to read that now. That was the Oh, that was the book, book that he yeah. wrote, yeah. Um, yeah, well, well, doesn't... I think this is... This is it's insane. I think what shows what a good film this is. It makes you want to go and learn more, yeah, right? It, really it certainly does. did me. Yeah. And, and even the little bits that I started to read... Um, about you know reality versus the dramatization of the film yeah um were really really interesting yeah. to me i also read that the prosecution lawyer schultz played yeah. by um third rock from the sun <laughs> from, yeah played, played by tommy um, from third rock from the sun yeah. yeah um he he was portrayed as i wouldn't say that he was necessarily kind of sympathetic to yeah the Chicago 7, but he was definitely portrayed as um, wanting to make sure everything was kind of fair and above yeah, board. Yeah. And he stood at the end when yes. the names of the um, people that had passed away in Vietnam were being killed, being killed, let's Before face it. Then, yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently he didn't. He he refuted that he ever did that. So oh, okay. I think his portrayal was skewed somewhat. Yeah, but I think... The, dramatically, no. it ha- dramatically, I think it worked, but I'm just saying the reality, I think, was a bit different. Yeah, I, as I was going to say, I think that the bad side of this film, if mm. you don't want to call it mm. that, mm. was so heavily loaded yeah. that you had to add some sort of depth to that character. It just would have been too much. Yeah, If everyone had been that, it would have been too flat. It would have been too one level. Yeah, The judge is a lunatic with no redeeming features. I mean... Skeletal. <laughs> Schilder, what's his name? Sure. What would you say that lawyer's name was? Schultz. Schultz. Schultz's boss. Completely yeah. flat and devoid of all. All yeah. he cared about was himself. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So if you'd have had everybody like that. Yeah, you needed a little bit that of would have been um, harsh. shade. I have to say as well, the thing, the final thing I'll say about what this film, and, and I really loved is, it really showed what bullshit male pride is because ultimately these people end up going to trial because, and I can see this happening now, right? The Democrats didn't want, as it would appear to be, Mm -hmm. because it was a Democrat, I believe Johnson was a Democrat, didn't want to take these people to trial yeah, because they kind of found out that the police had started it. Oh, yeah. So we get the old um, attorney general played by Michael Keaton admitting that... Yeah, that what they'd investigated and found out was that the police ultimately had started the riot part of it. Yeah, and that they wouldn't prosecute. And then when they got... And so then when the Republican came in that he didn't give a lot of time Mm -hmm. to before he handed over and quit, got the hump so royally mm. that he wanted to reverse basically one of his de- decisions. Yeah. And I can see that happening now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that coupled with the fact that um, Vietnam was, uh, you know, an incredibly unpopular war. Yeah. So to kind of put these guys, hold these guys up as the kind of the scape- scapegoats to sort of divert attention. I know. and it's 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 sick. It's, in, it's insane. And I mean, as for you, I can't imagine what it feels like to have your own. So in one point in the film, they go, it's the people of the USA mm-hmm. versus, and they name their names. I can't imagine I being know. like prosecuted by your own country. Imagine. I mean, you must be just like, oh, fucked. Because you're in their court. And like when they were saying things like all their 37 witnesses are employees yeah. of the government. Yeah, I mean, how and is it's that? Like, how we, how, it's just not going to work, yeah, is it? It's just not balanced. Anyway. Loved it, thought it was great. 
I could talk about it for days, especially the political elements of it, and get quite on my high horse. I know. I think you've missed your calling in There's life. a tinge of pink in that horse as well, isn't there? I mean, it's it's basically red, isn't it? <laughs> should you um should you be running for a local MP spot here, Brian? Shit, man, I might do that. Ooh. Mind you, I'm not sure. Wow. Historically, 47 year old white guys running independently. Yeah, it's mm. not it's not a good look, mm. is it? Really? No. Yeah, maybe not. No, I don't want that. No, no. But I'm happy to represent any forward-thinking modern party. <laughs> um, so, Sinead, away from the politics, yes. away from all that nonsense, I need to know. I don't know where that weird noise came from. I need to know. Well, maybe I'll tell you if you ask me. Okay. What your VHS tape score is for this film. Well, Brian, I'd be more than happy to tell you what my VHS Score. Well, why don't you take the stand and share it? <laughs> You're not going to be doing that all week, are you? No. Okay. You'll just be straight back into Judy Justice. No, I'm just going to shine a spotlight on myself, <laughs> hold a scotch and start talking about politics while I'm in that spotlight. You know, like Sasha does. And you can do a few close-ups with my phone and my mouth as I'm talking. Oh, can we also, before I give you my score, oh. uh, can we also give a shout out for um, Jerry Rubin? So that was... Um, Abby Hoffman, Sasha Baron Cohen's... Oh, mate. Yeah, yeah. sort of right-hand man, played by Jeremy Strong. He smashed it out of the park. He did, I yeah. thought he was brilliant. And these little kind of comedic moments that yeah, peppered really the storyline. Yeah. Um, you know, he gets duped by an undercover agent yeah. because, you know, she's He's hot and she's sort of... <laughs> she's chatting him up and sending yeah. him drinks at the bar. I thought he was... I love Quite when possibly said, yeah. the star of the show for me. I love when Schultz said to him, and how long did you know her for? Yeah. 93 hours, yeah. man. <laughs> Just after he said, you know, she broke my heart. Yeah. It was like, absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Um, I am going to give this film... Go on. ...an excellent, a well-deserved, a powerhouse for VHS tapes. Ooh, that's not bad. That's good. That's not that's bad. That's good. You did well this week. Yeah. What do you think? Lost that extra point for you. Um, I mean, you might not have an answer right now. I, no, I think um, I think perhaps it could have. Look, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because I feel like it could have delved into other areas a little bit deeper. Um, yeah, I would have liked to have known more about Bobby Seal. Um, I feel like two of the accused sort of seemed to disappear at some point and I got a little bit confused. Yeah, because they were acquitted. Like they said they would be. They said they would be, but then did we actually see no, that happening? No, we didn't see them get acquitted. So but I when think it came to sentencing, yeah, yeah they then, were gone. So maybe that was the So, so I think yeah, that was point. a little bit, because there was, there was two sort of very kind of sort of sweet vanilla looking guys and they were like, well, yeah. you're the give backs. You're the yeah, ones yeah. that are going to get acquitted. But we don't actually see it happening. So that kind of jarred a little bit for me. Um, so I think that's kind of my my main reasons cool. but i loved it i thought it was great excellent so my vhs tape score for this um very similar to your own but i think i'm going to go just half a point higher and say this is a four and a half it loses its half based on i i agree with you some sort of the i suppose they're editing choices but you know i'm or maybe it's just to keep it under a 15 hour film which i'm very grateful for um you know, some of, some of those choices where you lose a little bit of the story because they jump from one thing to the other. 
Yeah, and it's difficult because it's there's going to be a lot to tell here, yeah, right? Exactly. And as I said to you in my attacks, yeah, you know, Sorkin made a choice of the three things that he wanted to focus on, yeah, and that, that's fine. But um, that's but they lost a little bit for that, and I did struggle a little bit with Sasha's kind of Boston lilt to his accent sometimes. Well, you don't know where Abby Hoffman. Was well, no, from. I don't. That's the thing. But just because it was there, I, I just that just was too much for my little brain to cope with oh, sometimes. Okay. But, I mean, Jesus, I'm splitting hairs here. As I said, it's very rare I give anything five. So four and a half, pretty close. In total, eight and a half. And if you don't go and watch the bloody film, you're a fool. So go and watch it. Bravo, Brian. Bravo. So, reasons to dump you. Oh, well, I haven't given you any, so that's been good this week. Hasn't it? This is our first week with no reasons. I know. Unbelievable. I know. How good is that? No, genuinely, genuinely, I cannot think of any reasons to dump you that are actual reasons. So I'm going to pick one. Uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't think of any reasons, so you're just going to pick one? (laughs) Is it relevant to the film or is it just something I've done to piss you off this week? (laughs) Oh, that's good. (laughs) I could do that. No, I, I genuinely can't think of any reasons this week. And I know that's weak. I know that's not what people tune in for. People <laughs> it's tune what I live in for. Basically, hear. you're saying, I am perfect. Oh, my God. So there you go. There's my reason to dump you. Your smugness when I couldn't find any reasons. Fine. I Don't mean, be that person. Don't be that person. Don't be the Eddie Redmayne in this relationship. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't be the man who stands for the judge. Oh, uh, do you feel like he just did it instinctively without thinking? Mm. Not sure. He could he, have done. He was done. concerned what people were sort of thinking. About no, but that's him. how he was raised. They mm. made that point, right? That mm. your dad's like, you know, be loyal to the flag and everything. And I thought some of these speeches were great. But he didn't sit down quick enough. Yeah, agreed. He stood up and he, he didn't really immediately go, it, oh shit, yeah. and go back down. And yeah. that's why I think they did that beautifully. They yeah. did that beautifully. Yeah. Beautifully. I must admit, when I got to the end of this, I thought, I want to go go and watch A Few Good Men again. Yeah. I want to see Jack Nicholson on the stand. I don't. I just want to read Steal This Book and I want to get more into my politics. And? And a certain friend of mine would be very glad to hear <laughs> And isn't um, To Kill a Mockingbird that's on in the oh, West yeah. End at the moment? Yeah. That's Sorkin did the, the, oh, did he? the theatre play for that, I think. Oh, that's I'm pretty sure that's a Sorkin yeah. Amazing. adaptation. Amazing. We'll check that out as well. But more importantly, what we will go and check out is apparently this comparison between Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Trust Simpsons me, I'm going to show you that right after this. Okay, well, we'll see. So that was Reasons to Dump You this week. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please do rate and subscribe. And you can follow us on Instagram at reasons underscore pod. She's been Sinead. I've been brilliant. And we will <laughs> see you all next week for another film. Have reasons to dump you. If his head can fit through the door. <laughs> See you then. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>